0: The point is not to control my child. The point is to collaborate with my child and teach them what they need to know in a nurturing way. And in doing so, we are actually raising children who are confident and who are sure of themselves and who know how to stick up for themselves because they've been able to practice saying no to safe people in their homes. They know when someone has crossed their boundaries because we've taught them what boundaries are. They know when somebody is disrespectful to them because we've modeled how to be respectful as parents to them.
1: To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Today, I am talking with KJ with Gentle Healing Mom. You are going to love her. I've been following her for about a year now. KJ has built a community over 100,000 followers on Instagram sharing about her personal gentle parenting journey, as well as healing from childhood wounds. She also has a master's degree in mental health counseling and is working toward becoming a certified parenting coach. KJ and her husband, Adam, have been married for seven years. They have a five-year-old son named Sawyer, who is the reason KJ began her gentle and conscious parenting journey more than two years ago. And I'm so excited to have you on today to talk about your gentle parenting journey. Thank you
0: so much, Erin. I just have to say that I'm so excited to meet with you and chat with you today because your podcast is actually one of the first podcasts that I started listening to when I started my gentle parenting journey. So this is amazing. I feel like it's been a, a journey and just the opportunity to actually be on your podcast. I'm just so grateful for it. So thank you for having me on.
1: You're so welcome. It's wonderful to have you. It's like things come full circle. It does.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is the reason I started following you is because I think I've when I emailed you in the past, I've told you that your journey really resonates with me because of what I went through. And so I think there's just so much overlap in what we have both experienced, the journey that we've been on to parent differently. And I know that we are not the only ones, obviously, because I have a lot of listeners and you have over 100,000 followers on Instagram. So clearly, this message really resonates with a lot of parents that we're A lot of us are on this journey to do things differently and have, you know, this relationship that's very different with our children than we had growing up. So that is definitely the reason that I really resonate with you and wanted to have you on today.
0: Yeah, no, my parenting journey really started when my son was a toddler. So he was two and a half years old. I was getting extremely triggered by everything. But back then I had no idea what it even meant to be triggered. I just thought what he was doing made me really frustrated. You know, I I thought that he would have more control over his behavior. You know, you, you think as a, a new parent that you're teaching your child how to behave a certain way and when they don't do it and they keep doing the same things over and over again that upset you, you think they're doing it on purpose and you're wondering, why is my child behaving this way? He's He's being bad. He's being naughty. He's not listening to me. And I just remember I was doing all of the tactics that authoritarian based parents follow, the control based, fear based tactics, because that's what I thought you were supposed to do. Use timeouts, punishment, threats, all of that I thought was how you were supposed to parent, but none of it made me feel good. And I remember thinking, there has to be another way to parent. I just don't know what that is, but there has to be. And I, started just researching and I didn't even know it was called gentle parenting, but I just started reading these parenting books and started listening to parenting podcasts. And slowly as I'm trying new techniques, I then realized like, Oh, this is the whole gentle parenting, positive parenting. And then I was introduced to conscious parenting. And that's when I started my healing journey. And it's, it's all related. It's all tied together. And it has made so much more sense to parent and made me feel a lot more in control than I did when I was first, you know, starting to learn how to be a parent to a toddler.
1: Absolutely. And a lot of times we think we're doing something wrong. Like I'm supposed to be able to tell my child one time what I expect and how to behave and they do it because that's what I did as a child. But that was out of fear. Right. It was like, if I don't behave, I'm going to, you know, get physically hurt was very, you know, common in my household, or verbally, you know, assaulted. (laughs) So I was like, I knew I had to stay in line. And if you don't want to parent that way, then you feel like, well, there's got to be a better way. But I should just be able to say, sit here, please stay here, please. And they're just going to do it. But as we've learned, that's not the way it works. So one of the things I so resonate with that story, because I remember the very incident I had with my oldest son when he was about two, two and a half, So my twins would have been about six months old at that time. And I was trying to get him into timeout. He was doing something. He was misbehaving. I was trying to work with them and I was overwhelmed that I'm trying. So I put this kid in timeout and I expect he's going to sit there and stay there. Well, you know, he keeps getting up and running out and getting up and running out. And so I end up taking him into the corner in timeout and sitting on him, like not hurting him, but just I'm like, well, he's supposed to stay in timeout. So I, if he's going to stay, the only way to get him to stay here is to keep him here. And I'm sitting there on this child and I'm thinking, this is the most ridiculous thing ever because he's, you know, I'm not getting anything done. He's certainly not learning anything. Like, what's he learning by him sitting there in the corner with mom sitting on him? You know, (laughs) he's not thinking about what he did. He's not going to do better the next time. I can't get my stuff done that I need to get done. So it's just completely ineffective. And I was like, okay. I have to find a better way. Because I thought, you know, I wasn't being authoritarian, but at the same time, well, there was a little authoritarian in the timeouts, but I was like, what else am I going to do? I can't sit here with this kid all day just and every time he misbehaves, go in the corner and sit on him. (laughs) So (laughs) had to find a better way. I'm so glad you shared that because
0: I think until you learn different ways of parenting, you know, when we're at, when we're triggered and we're at that point where we're so frustrated, our child's not listening to us, like we react also, or we have those responses also, just like our kids do when they're overstimulated or overwhelmed or upset. And for us parents, if we don't know any better, you know, we do things and later on we regret it. And I think a lot of parents who are new right now on their journey have so many things that they wish they could have done better. And I have my own moments also. I remember before I really started my journey one of the things I would do is ignore my child. I remember him having the biggest meltdown and it was during dinner. And in my mind, I thought this was what I was supposed to do. And I, my, I told my husband, I'm like, let's just ignore him. Let's just ignore him and teach him that he can't act this way. He's not gonna get any attention from us. This will teach him you know, how to behave. And now looking back, that's not what you wanna do at all. You know, You don't want to ignore your child when they need you the most. So there's so many of those moments, I think, that as parents, we we make mistakes. And until we realize like, oh, there's another way of parenting where we can be more gentle to, to our child and we can be gentle with ourselves because we are also learning along with our child. And that's what makes it so challenging.
1: But also beautiful. I love that you say that because, you know, so much of it, it isn't about being perfect. We're never going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes even years in, you know, our children change, we change. We're trying to, you know, figure things out, but it's the capacity to grow, the capacity to be like, I don't like the way this feels right now. I don't I don't feel like we're connected. I feel like he might be feeling, whatever, resentment or anger towards me. And not that those feelings aren't okay. Like we can't control everyone else's emotions, but at the same time, knowing that like, I just don't feel good about this and I want to do this differently and figuring it out and growing is really what it's about.
0: Exactly. I would agree with you 100%.
1: So- Talk to us about your why. Like what was kind of that self-awareness? I don't know if you had like a kind of an epiphany like I did, epiphany moment, but what was the why that this was so important to you to try to figure out how to do this differently?
0: The why for me was kind of a two part. So one of the part was I just felt it didn't feel right with me the way I was parenting and the way I was handling discipline. And I didn't feel like I was helping my child. I felt like I was making it worse for him and not really teaching him how to handle his, his emotions, his big feelings, I didn't realize that there were skills that I didn't have, which was the reason why he was not building those skills. So it was mostly I had to find a way to feel more confident in the way I was parenting. And the second part was I also realized very late, I'm in my 30s, and I didn't realize how much childhood trauma that I had we kind of brushed a lot of problems under the rug and it wasn't addressed and having big feelings and emotions were not safe in my home, which is another reason why I was so triggered by my child when he would have tantrums and meltdowns, because it's just, it didn't feel safe for me to have that happen. And I realized that I had all of this childhood trauma that I never worked through. And this was actually all over 2020, COVID. When COVID hit, I lost my job because of COVID. So I had started a new position and I, had, I was let go from that new position. And so I was out of work for four months. And in that four months, I had plenty of time to realize like, hey, there's a lot going on with myself. I'm not okay right now. I think the year 2020 was just a big eye-opening year for us. And it definitely was for me. And that's when I realized I have a lot of healing too. And that was the first time I actually started therapy and started working with a therapist and learning a lot about my coping mechanisms and why I am the way I am. That really opened the door for me to learn about gentle parenting and conscious parenting and realizing the way I parent right now has so much to do with how I was raised. And in order for me to be a better parent, I have to heal a lot of these deeply rooted beliefs that I have in myself in order for me to break that cycle and not pass that on to my son. And it's been a challenge. I've, I've improved a lot in the last two, two and a half years, but being able to parent in a way that's so different from how you were parented is, is very, very challenging to do. But it's also very rewarding because I know just how far I have come in my journey and how my changes have really impacted the way my son is now with me.
1: Very nice. I, a couple of things that we, as you were talking, came to mind. I remember when I first was like, okay, this isn't working. I need to find something else and started looking into the more positive parenting is what I would have called it. But so much of it overlaps, all this overlaps and it's very similar. But I felt like I was out in the middle of the ocean in a boat without oars. Yes. Because I felt like, well, I'm not going to yell and scream. I'm not going to put him in timeout and sit on him because I'd watch Super Nanny and I thought that's what you were supposed to do. <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't have a tool right now, but I'm not going to use these other tools. So until I figure out what tools I'm going to use, until I have some oars to use, we're just going to kind of float out here in the ocean. And this is probably the safest thing for us emotionally, you know, and for our connection than anything I could do right now. So, and there was another thing you said when you were talking about emotions, uh, growing up that emotions weren't safe. So, and I've had very much that same experience. There was no room for my emotions. My mom had huge emotions. She was allowed to be really, really big, which meant there was no room for anyone else. So when you see emotions that are big and scary, that makes it uncomfortable. Or when you just don't learn how to share emotions in a healthy way, and you don't know what to do with it. When you see a child having this big meltdown, you're like, I don't know what to do with this. You don't know how to help your child because this is just when you were little, when I was little, it's like I have to shove my feelings under the rug. And so you learn to ignore them and just you know keep them inside. And so... We don't realize that we're asking our children to do the same thing, to just kind of stuff them down and keep them inside because these aren't, I don't know how to deal with this. So good luck, figure it out. So, you know, we're taking this journey and that's what's so hard and so uncomfortable is getting comfortable with the feelings, both theirs and ours, because now we're starting to feel and we have to start realizing we have these feelings. We have to deal with them. We have to deal with our own feelings. And how are we going to do that for ourselves too? Exactly.
0: Yeah. What what you said, a hundred percent I can relate with. I know that I have big feelings or we all do. Growing up, I had big feelings, but learned to suppress them because I, I was never given the space to share my frustrations, my opinion. So my household, the way I grew up, it wasn't full of any like physical abuse or anything like that. We were spanked, but nothing, you know, not to say that spanking is okay, but I know that different families have experienced different levels. I don't spank now because obviously that's not a positive parenting approach, but it was very much more emotionally manipulative. And that's something that I realize I've kind of carried on with me as an adult is that whenever I became emotional, it was more of, okay, how do I make sure that my emotions are not hurting my caregiver's emotions? And it was very much more like, parentification. So I was taking care of my parents' emotions. I was very highly sensitive to, are they upset? Was it me that made them upset? Mm -hmm. Now my brother and sister are upsetting them. What can I do to help everybody feel better? And how can I solve everybody's problems? And I really brought that on to adulthood and became a huge people pleaser, which I still am. I consider myself a recovering people pleaser. And it's also triggering for me because I'm trying to teach my son not to be a people pleaser. But when he doesn't listen to me and do as I say, it's triggering for me because I, I I expect him to do what I've learned to do as a survival mechanism. And but I also I'm proud of him because I want him to learn how to say no to me and to stand up for himself and to have his own opinions and be confident in it. But at the same time, it's difficult for me to experience that as the parent now. And so what you said about how we don't learn the skills as a child, our own child once become parents, have those, you know, big emotions, and we don't have the skills to teach them how to handle it. And at the same time, we learned other toxic traits that we may unconsciously pass on to our child if we don't learn differently. It really is such a a cycle and how we were raised and how we become parents. And it truly breaking the cycle is like the perfect definition of what it means to become a positive parent.
1: Yeah. I, I noticed that you have that on your um, Instagram too, cycle breaker, which I, I love that. And also I can resonate with, and I know a lot of other parents can too, because that's what a lot of us are doing. We're like, I want to break the cycle. I want to do things differently. So it's a, a really great descriptor. We will be back with some more great tips and great conversation, working through triggers, staying calm, and self-forgiveness in Parenting Journey with KJ right after a word from our sponsors. These later years of childhood have been flying by. As a mom, I want to not just be available to my kids during these last years they have at home but I wanna feel good and have the energy I need to keep up with their schedule and my own. So my health is a top priority. Equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and body back into harmony. You're not alone on your wellness journey. Every customer gets one-on-one support to help you meet your goals. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. A healthy gut positively impacts immunity, mental health, sleep, digestion, and skin health. It helps regulate digestion, immunity against bad bacteria, and improve nutrient absorption. The gut has been called the second brain because it contains more than 100 million nerve cells. It is a vitally important piece to our overall health, both physical and mental. So to make sure my gut is working at its potential, I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense to improve my digestion and nutrition absorption, boost my overall immune health, and help with sleep and stress as a bonus. Head to myeq.com and use code PARENTING for 15% off Equilibria's Microbiome Defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code PARENTING at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com/slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Now that we're back, we're gonna get into some more great tips and great conversation with KJ, Gentle Healing Mom. Because, you know, none of us are perfect. And, you know, despite all the skills that we have, however far we've come. We still slip. We're still going to say something we don't mean. We're still going to lose our cool. So when that happens, you know, how do you deal with what might be called like shame or guilt, probably more guilt that often comes on to us when we're like, I know better than this. So how do you get yourself back to self-forgiveness so that you can make amends with your child and, and move forward without expecting perfection from yourself?
0: That's a great question. And it is something that I'm still very much working on because I do still make mistakes. I've improved a lot, I would say, as a parent, but I'm definitely not perfect. And I still have moments when my needs aren't met and I have a harder time remaining patient for my child. Most days I do pretty well in being able to handle his tantrums or meltdowns, whatever you want to call it. But there are some days where I might be overly tired, overly stressed, and I just have a much harder time remaining calm and patient with him and his big feelings. And on those days, if I do or say something that I regret, I do feel a sense of shame that I should know better. And how could I have done that? And the difference now is that I am learning to tell myself, it's okay to make mistakes. We're all learning. We want to be better next time. But the difference is that this time, I also have a conversation with my son afterwards. And if I ever do or say anything that really hurts him or, Makes things worse or makes him feel any form of rejection or shame on his end, I always make sure to talk to him about it and let him know, hey, what I did was not okay. And I'm so sorry. And apologizing to him is so important to me. And most of the time, he will just tell me, it's okay, mom. And sometimes I have to say, you know what? That really wasn't okay for me to do. Yelling at you is not a respectful way that we communicate with each other. So apologizing is very important for me, but also following it up with, this is what I'm going to do differently next time. Sometimes I still make mistakes and I still have big feelings just like you, but next time you're going to see me take a few extra deep breaths before I respond to you. And what I've learned, I've never told my son, hey, when you do something wrong, you have to apologize. Instead, through modeling, and from me making mistakes and apologizing to him on my own, after my son has big meltdowns and we do time-ins together, a lot of times after those moments, he will on his own apologize to me and unprompted. And that just shows me just how powerful this parenting style is and that our children want to be good and do good things and you know have moments just like adults do. And the fact that he can apologize on his own tells me he's learning empathy. He's not being forced it. It's something that he is learning internally on his own through the way I parent.
1: Very true. One of the questions I want to ask is what about your own internal dialogue? So how do you get to a place where like you can forgive yourself? Because that's a big part of us as parents is like our kids can forgive us, but we're so hard on ourselves. <laughs> like, How do you get to a place of self-forgiveness? Is there any like, Mantra or anything that you, like that you repeat to yourself that you're able to bring that self forgiveness in.
0: I wouldn't say that I have like a, a mantra that I for sure say every time. It, it's really a process for me. It's I, I allow myself to feel whatever feelings I have after that incident. I allow myself to have that moment with my son where we are repairing and reconnecting, and then it's more of just reminding myself, everybody makes mistakes. And I will do better next time. And I'm not perfect. So I, I wouldn't say that I for sure take the time to tell myself those things. I think those just run through my mind after those types of incidents, because they're the same things that I teach my son, that mistakes are okay. It's okay to make mistakes, but we learn from them and we do better. So I, I, I tell myself that internally as well, after any incident that I've made a mistake as a, as a parent.
1: Nice. Nice. I want to get to some of your content because I love your content. There is just so many great posts that you've done, and I love me a good truth bomb. And you've got some great ones in here that I'm just you post, and I'm like, yes, yes. So I picked out a few of the ones that you've done lately. So I want to talk about each of these um, because they're so rich and they're so deep. And again, we're gonna remind people at the end, but it's Gentle Healing Mom on Instagram. You guys check out KJ and her and her um her content it's amazing but it's so deep but you you do it so quickly because obviously on reels you don't have a lot of time but you really punch it in there and get right to it but something we can take away and really think about for a while think about it in our own lives how we've you know come up against that ourselves and so i think it's great you had one as a comment from someone else that said gentle parenting doesn't work, it raises entitled snowflakes. And your response was really empowering to parents, not just who choose this path, but also to parents who have been raised in this way because it really validated for me, my experience with being raised in a a very authoritarian home and how that isn't a very connecting, it doesn't raise great kids. Like There was so much, like you, trauma growing up. There was so much resentment towards my parent growing up. And that was not a good experience. That was not the best way to raise me, I don't think. So if you want to talk about that post a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think it was just important for me to highlight because there really is a common misconception on positive parenting, specifically gentle parenting. And the word gentle, people mistake it for permissive parenting, and they associate gentle with I'm going to let my child do whatever they want because I don't want them to feel upset about anything and I'd rather be their friend. And I just want everything in the environment to feel gentle. And that's not the case. So I think there just needs to be more education around what exactly is positive parenting and all these other types of parenting styles that weren't around, you know, a few years ago. And the term snowflake was thrown around a lot in that gentle parenting is raising snowflakes or raising children that can't stand up for themselves and are weak and have no confidence and have no backbone when it really is the opposite. Because as a gentle parent, you're not saying, hey, my child can do whatever they want. You're saying, hey, I'm going to provide an environment that's nurturing and gentle for my child, but I'm going to do so with boundaries and expectations and I'm going to use positive discipline. I'm not just going to use punishment, threats, manipulation to get them to do what I want. The point is not to control my child. The point is to collaborate with my child and teach them what they need to know in a nurturing way. And in doing so, we are actually raising children who are confident and who are sure of themselves and who know how to stick up for themselves because they've been able to practice saying no. To safe people in their homes. They know when someone has crossed their boundaries because we've taught them what boundaries are. They know when somebody is disrespectful to them because we've modeled how to be respectful as parents to them. And while we are teaching them all these things in a collaborative approach, we are still the parents and we're still teaching them that we are there to take care of them. And while we want your input and your opinions matter to us, at the end of the day, we have to keep you safe and the parent is still in charge and still gets to make the last call or the last decision. But up until we make that decision, we want to know your thoughts and feelings and we will validate them and we will listen and take that into consideration because you're part of the family and you are respected and and valued. And so I guess that wasn't necessarily all communicated in that post, but it really is more of of a way to communicate the differences in perception versus what it really is. And I know that from experience, many people who are against gentle parenting are not going to see that post and think, "Oh, I changed my mind, I guess. I guess gentle parenting is a good thing and everything I was thinking about was wrong." I just know that that's not going to happen. People are going to be strongly opinionated their way and that's fine. My purpose for that post was really more of a way for, for new parents who are just starting their gentle parenting journey, who are hearing all of those things from people in their own circle about how this doesn't work because of all this, and, and help them to assure them that, no, this is this is the right way to parent or one of the right ways to parent. And what you're doing is for your child, and you have the right intentions. If you're choosing to parent this way, you have the right intentions, and And helping that community of new parents gain the confidence in knowing there is a community out there of parents who are working towards parenting differently.
1: So many great points in there that I want to touch on. Number one was you talked about setting boundaries and how it's teaching gentle parenting doesn't mean that our kids don't have boundaries or that we don't have boundaries for our kids. But also that they're learning good boundaries and they're going to go out in the world and know how to set good boundaries. And because we're not bowling over them, like, you know, like we were bowled over when we were younger, they know what it feels like to have their emotions taken care of, to feel taken care of, even when they're struggling. So that's really important. The second thing you said that I loved is you said that it wasn't all in that post, but to those who understand what you were saying, it was all in that post, like there were, that's what I love about your content. like there's so many layers underneath that if you get it, you get it, and you get all of that in that short post. And just like what I said when I started to talk about the this post of yours is that for parents who choose this way and choose this journey, it empowers them, which is what they need because they are hearing those things in their community, from their family. I heard that, you know, with my kids that I wasn't strict enough, that I wasn't tough enough, that, you know, I didn't force my son to apologize one time. He was like three or four and I didn't force him to apologize when he was just being a curious four-year-old and broke something not on purpose. But I wasn't going to force an apology from him. I just did. It would be nice if you would apologize. There was already shame and some guilt there. And so the apology just wasn't forthcoming from him at that point. And I was okay with that, but my mom was not okay with that. and so. You know, you get those comments and to know that you're not raising an entitled snowflake, that your kids are going to thrive in the world. They're going to know who they are. They're going to be connected to themselves in ways that, you know, if you're a more authoritarian parent, they're not going to have it. They're going to do what you say and you are going to get good behavior, but you're not necessarily going to get a child who's self-confident. You're not going to get a child who knows how to share their emotions or their feelings when someone's bowling over them. You're not going to get a child who is like, here's what I want to do with my life. And they're going to show up in a way where they feel empowered to do that. So there's so much in that post that I just thought was beautiful. Thank you so much. There was another post, which we really pretty much already talked about. So if there's anything else we can add to it, it was the one about when your child has a tantrum and feeling triggered. And we covered that pretty well. But that was just another really great post really thinking about, okay, when my child has a meltdown, why is this triggering to me? Because if you can get to that underneath, we can really put us in a place where we can start to work on our own reasons for being triggered so that that can get more comfortable for us. So if you have anything else to add to that, feel free.
0: Yeah, the triggers was something that I really had to learn about myself and understand what my triggers were and what behaviors of my child caused those reactions out of me where I would lose control or feel like I needed to regain back that control by timeouts or yelling or threats or punishments. And for me, this is where the conscious parenting side comes in, is asking those questions to get to the root. Why does this behavior trigger me so much? Well, number one, I I don't feel safe when my son has these explosive meltdowns and is yelling and screaming at me and refuses to listen to logic. Because growing up, I, I had to learn how to control my own emotions. And My parents were the authority. They had to be respected. What they said goes. It didn't really matter how I felt. So subconsciously, those were my thoughts too. Why isn't my son respecting me? This isn't right. I'm going to have to find a way for him to learn a lesson. And over time, I've started to identify what happens in my body when I get triggered. I think that was a huge thing for me is to realize earliest stage when I am starting to feel triggered and what that feels like in my body. And for me, it's The tightness of my chest, my heart starts racing, the blood starts rushing to my face, and I can just feel my body temperature rising. And as soon as I can feel some of those body symptoms, I already start to try and take deep breaths or find ways to bring myself back down. And even if my child visually sees me trying to regulate myself again, I want him to learn and understand that everybody has emotions and can have big feelings. And this is what it looks like to keep ourselves calm or to keep ourselves regulated so that we don't lose control. And so it's been a lot of practice doing that and teaching my son about emotions and feelings and teaching him different coping strategies for when we start to feel dysregulated. And I think that is going to be an ongoing journey for me but it's something that I'm very proud of myself and being able to stay as calm as I can now when my child does have his tantrums and
1: meltdowns. Beautiful. Um, There's just one more I wanted to touch on. We touched on this a little bit, but you have another one. We talked about the feeling out of control. You know what that's like, because even today in my parenting with everything that I know, like there'll be things that come up and I feel like I don't have the answers or I'm not sure what to do. And it's not the same as when they were toddlers and when there were like meltdowns and big feelings. But now it's like, you know, I dealt with my son a year ago, my younger son, he was going through some depression and I was like, I got to figure this out. I just sometimes feel like I don't have all the answers, but there's that feeling a little out of control. You know, I I assume you still experience moments of out of control where you're like, yes, okay, where am I going to go here? What's this about? And, And talk about that a little bit.
0: Yes. So in those moments, when I, when I can't keep myself regulated and I know I'm going to lose it, I I can't, I can't maintain a state of calm and I'm about to explode and what I'll do in those moments. And this, this happened not that long ago is I had a day, a full day planned. I, I wanted to get all this stuff done. I had all these errands to run and it was just not a good morning for us and it was a meltdown about something i don't even remember what it was about but i remember feeling very frustrated because again i didn't have that sense of control with my schedule with being able to get everything done on my list that i wanted to do my son wasn't wasn't making it easy for me and i was running behind and deep belly breathing breaths were not working in that moment because i i was at a 10 and rather than yelling, which would have been what I would do is yell and and threat or punish. What I usually do in those moments now is I will, I, I will lay in my bed, I will go upstairs, and I will lay in my bed. And I'll turn on my noise machine, I'll turn off the lights, my son may still follow me crying, throwing his fit. And I will lay in my bed with my eyes closed. And that's where I'll do my breathing. And at that point, I'm just kind of like, you know what, it's just not going to happen. My plans are not happening today. This is this is more important right now. I need to find a way to calm my body down again and talking to my son is not going to work right now. And my son is familiar with this process. This is just what I need to do when I'm at that level 10. And he knows it's still safe to be by me. I know that some parents might need a few minutes alone and if they need to shut the door tell their child I'll be back in just a few minutes. I'm going to go over here and close the door and have your moment. I know some parents need that. For me, I'm okay with my son crying next to me while I'm trying to regulate myself. And so he's familiar with this process. He'll come on the bed while I'm laying there. He'll cry next to me. I'll still rub his back and I'll still do my deep breathing and I'll still talk to him and try and validate him. And it might, it takes time. It usually could take anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour and we will end up co regulating with each other. So he will eventually calm himself down. I'm calming myself down. And then it'll usually end with us snuggling or reading books or just something together where we are able to find that calm together. And that's typically what it looks like when I have those moments of not being able to stay patient with my son.
1: Nice. And, I, you know, I hear a parallel, and the parallel I hear. In my experience with older kids and your experience with your son who's still really young and dealing with the big emotions and regulating big emotions is that it becomes about then deciding or figuring out where I have control and where I don't and accepting where I don't have control, accepting what I can do right now in this moment or in this day or in this journey versus what I can't and then accepting that part like, okay, I can't. I'm not going to get all the stuff done on my list today that I wanted to. And I have to get to the point where I'm okay with that. And I can accept that and then reprioritize what I am going to get done today and get to that acceptance. And it's very similar to what, you know, with my son, when he had depression, it's like, I can't take the depression away, but I can get him services. I can get him, you know, when he needs to snuggle and he, you know, I just check in with him a lot more. And we went through that process and where I had control and where I didn't. And so, you know, happy to say he's doing amazing now, but, you know, in the same journey with my older son who wants to be a pro tennis player. And I'm like, holy heck, I don't even know what to do with that or where to go with that. It's like, we're getting up every morning and working out together. He, we're conditioning together. I'm getting him as much access as I can to what he needs, but I, I I can't go buy him, you know, a country club membership. I, I just can't do that. I don't have control for that, but I do have control over everything. So it's letting go and letting him, this is going to have to be his process, which I've told him. I'm like, this is your process. This is what you want. You believe in this deeply. I'm here for you as much as I can be. But, you know, there's some things I can't do. And so coming to terms with what I can do and what I can't and what we can do and what we can't for them or in that moment or for ourselves. Yeah, exactly.
0: I think it really is teaching our child that we're human too. And, and that when we make mistakes, it's because we are also learning on this journey with them. And also that to help parents understand, you know, it's not about being perfect. Being a positive parent is not about being a perfect parent. It's showing up for our child in the way that we can all the time, whether or not we are able to give them what they are asking for. Well, and if not being able to explain to them in a, in a real way for them to understand this is how life is. I'm here to support you. But there are going to be situations where you know you're you're going to have to figure it out you know on your own. But I will be there with you through that process, and I think that's so much about what it means to be a positive parent is showing up for our child every day, no matter where we are, and and just being true to ourselves in in every moment.
1: Well, thank you so much for all of this. this is wonderful. Your content is amazing. Everybody, go check out KJ at Gentle Healing Mom on Instagram. Do you have any place else that people can come find you, or is that the best place?
0: Instagram is the best place. I, I know I'm also on. I'm also on TikTok. Same handle, Gentle Healing Mom. But I primarily post on on Instagram.
1: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Your story is inspiring. I, you get very honest in your in your posts, which I love that you share so much with us and just sharing your journey. It's really amazing, really inspiring. So,
0: thank you, Erin.